What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. It is, well, it's September, which means we are heading very, very quickly towards a uh, busy fall, which will include an Apple event, a Microsoft event, and Google typically has a Pixel-related event. And so, yeah, we're, we're, we're steamrolling right towards this. There's going to be xCloud, there's going to be Ignite, um, there's going to be, it's going to be a busy fall. But this week, there was a lot going on in the Microsoft world and beyond, and Microsoft announced that they are acquiring Mover, or Mover, you know how I am with pronunciations. But the idea here is that this company has streamlined and simplified the cloud migration process. Now, Microsoft very clearly has migration tools, they have frameworks, they have teams that will help you do this, but here is an automated platform that is good with discovery, um, outlining what tools you'll need once you start your migration process and what kind of services you're going to need on the other side. And Microsoft just snatched them up. And they also do a lot of ongoing support or uh, not necessarily support, but insight to your infrastructure. And what it sounds like based on the blog post is that Microsoft is going to open up this platform to its ISVs to a not only sell and use, um, but to also build on top of. And so this is going to be a big deal for ISVs who don't currently have the software. I say that who currently don't have the software because some ISVs have built their own migration software. And um, yeah, so if that was your bread and butter was migrating the stuff, there you go. Although it does seem a bit, maybe a little late in the game, but there's still a lot of momentum going towards the cloud and this is going to help them do it. Also on the Microsoft side, they are finally making, um, yeah, they're finally making 19H2 available to everybody with all the features, all the features. Finally, it's clearing things up. It used to be like there was 19H2 with Peach Bowl, uh, or the slow ring, I should say, uh, of 19H2 that had features and then people that didn't. And it, it, it was a little odd because slow ring is supposed to be stable and happy and good. And then here they are saying some people get features, some people, anyways, doesn't matter anymore. If you're on the slow ring, you're getting 19H2 builds with all the features enabled. And that is a good thing to make your life a little bit easier. Uh, Microsoft also shipped a new, well, I think it's the new, I think it's a first build of the new Power Tools. Um, if you remember this from, I believe it was back in XP or potentially even earlier days, Microsoft used to build, it was an application that added a few more features to Windows. And they shipped the first build of this for Windows 10, or I should say the app that runs on Windows 10. And it has things like customizable um, snapping windows and a bunch of other stuff. It, you should go check it out. I'm going to do some um, work on this later. But here's the, here's the interesting thing is, why isn't this stuff just built into Windows 10? They're shipping it every six months. Clearly, they could do it that way. But here we are. Um, on the hardware side of things, I actually bought a new mouse because Logitech released a new mouse, or Logi, or whatever the hell they're called these for, any days. Uh, MX Master 3. Now, if you use an MX Master mouse, you, you already know what they are. They're very popular. Um, I've, I had the original one, then there was a 2S, and now the 3 is out. And so my first one, the battery life was not doing so well. It's actually getting demoted, if you will, uh, down to this machine that I'm using right now, but the MX Master 3 is upstairs in my new primary daily driver. Yes, I know you can technically rip these things apart and replace the, the batteries, but I'm not, I didn't want to do that. Plus the mouse is several years old. Plus I, I like the, I like the, the new mice. The new mouse looks great. So I'll have a full review on the channel up here in a little bit. Also new hardware side. Uh, I'm a big fan of Sonos speakers. They are pricey. They, I'm going to qualify that they are pricey and you can definitely buy, find better values um, through either Amazon or Roku or whoever. They, there are better values. I'm not going to argue that. But Sonos has a real simplicity, um, easy expansion and all that good stuff. And they announced a new Move speaker, 
which I'm not going to buy because it's $399. It's effectively a, a mobile speaker, which they have not had. With with a large battery, it's it's tall. It's much larger than a Play 1 if you know that size. Um, it looks like it's just a small little cooler thing. Anyways, it's $399, and you can use a Bluetooth or connect into your Sonos network and do all that stuff. I was hoping something more for like $199, one or $249 of like a Play 1 that was mobile because I need something to take into my garage other than... Uh, whatever, that invoke that I have back there. Um, things that I thought had already happened, but because I don't use it, I don't, didn't really know that. Uh, Apple Music is finally launching on the web, as, a, as it, available on the web. So there you go. If you've been holding out and not switching to Apple Music because of that, you can now do so. Uh, things that also happened five years ago in the Android world are now soon to be happening in the iPhone world, is that Apple is working on an in-display uh, fingerprint scanner for the 2020 iPhone, so that would be next year in you know, in-display fingerprint reader, great. Why? Like, this stuff exists. Apple, you're not reventing the wheel. Go grab the parts off the part bin, put it behind the display, and uh, bada-bing, bada-boom. Also, Android 10, if you have a compatible device that has, well, more like a compatible vendor, candidly. The OS is out there. It's if your vendor is supporting it. You can go grab that now. Worthwhile update. Worthwhile update. And speaking of updates, on the Xbox side of life, we have the Xbox October update, which is starting to roll out now to some insiders. Uh, we're, we're looking at, ugh, I can't, Xbox insiders. They are looking at wish list notifications. Uh, there's improvements for mixer viewing, uh, recent player improvements. Uh, capture settings have been updated to allow better game captures. Uh, recommending, you're now able to recommend a Game Pass title and game update improvements. Microsoft is improving how background games update works, so you shouldn't see that annoying update required feature anymore, or often, that, that screen, you know what I'm talking about. And then on the Game Pass side, we are getting Dead Cells, uh, Metal Gear Solid HD 2 and 3, uh, Creatures in the Wild, Gears 5 Ultimate Edition, talk about that in a second, uh, Enter the Gungeon and Gunner Blueberry Edition are all rolling out the Game Pass this month, and if you are a Game Pass user, you can now go play Gears 5. I stayed up late last night playing it, which I probably should have gone to bed, but um, I did play it. And so, one last reminder, because it's such a good deal. If you have not enrolled in Game Pass right now, go out there and get 36 months. Like, fill your Xbox Live Gold up to 36 months. Fill it up. Fill it all the way up. Pay it. It, it, it might cost you 120 bucks. 180 worst case scenario. That's a lot of money. I'm not saying $180 is not a lot of money. But then, if you roll it into Game Pass, roll it in. Right now, Microsoft is doing it for two bucks. You get two months for two bucks or whatever. Um, it's two dollars. If you roll it into that, you will get 36 months of Game Pass effectively for free. So, if you think of it this way, um, if you're going to play Gears and you're going to play the next Halo game, that's $120. If you throw another title in there, that's $180 over three years. You just got three years of Game Pass for free, effectively. So, think of it that way. Think of it that way. Like Forza, if you're going to play the next Forza game. There you go. So you got Gears, Halo, and Forza. If you're going to play those three games, rather than buy them at at least $60 a pop... Get three years of Xbox Live Gold. Roll it in a Game Pass, and you'll be able to play it for three any any gaming Game Pass for three years. It's, it's a good deal. It's a good deal. Speaking of good things, let's look at the questions. And I really like this question from Alaskan Jackson. Alaskan Jackson. For a long period, it seemed hardware drove software adoption and development. Lately, there's been a dearth of innovation uh, on the hardware side at the retail level. Cloud-based software supported hardware haven't really pushed hardware innovation lately. My question is, what are the one or two areas you see as a catalyst for significant hardware innovation? You rock and so does Paul. Like, Paul doesn't rock, but thank you. Thank you. So here's, here's like, 
what I see on the horizon uh, for Microsoft making significant plays. And I'm not talking about like a, a Windows 10 update or something like that. Microsoft has this thing called Windows Virtual Desktop Infrastructure. It allows you to run your version of Windows in their cloud and effectively stream the OS anywhere. To me, that is a really big deal that Microsoft has now fully natively, not relying on any other partners except for maybe, well, not even a hardware partner because they have their own hardware. Um, fully in-house, they can now start streaming versions of Windows. <laughs> streaming, right? Kind of like XCloud and everything else. Microsoft's really good at this, or getting really good, I should say. For me, that is potentially the biggest change on the horizon that is going to upset things because, and I know I'm going to get some feedback for this, but faster chips, faster graphics, faster RAM isn't, isn't really enabling a whole lot anymore because the innovations are not slowing down, but the, the effective use of the speed is not what it once was. Because when, when we are in a single core, single thread world, it was real apparent when you go from 200 megahertz to 400 megahertz. When you go from 12 cores to 16 cores or eight cores to 10 cores, you don't notice the same level of performance as you would say from 200 to 400. That's why things have felt like they've slowed down a little bit. Now, we're obviously gonna see some improvements in things like games, higher uh, refresh rates, higher fidelity, and all that good stuff. That will That is incremental, but what I think Alaska and Jackson here is talking about are bigger changes. And to me, that is gonna come through Microsoft's, potentially I should say, come through Microsoft's VDI and 5G. Imagine just having a thin client, which thin clients have been around for a long time, but Microsoft will be able to stream any version of Windows anywhere in the world on any type of a device all in-house and think about doing that with 5G, that could be a potential disruptor that, hey, your iPhone now can suddenly run all your Windows applications. Your iPhone now can effectively become a thin client for your home PC and you can use it just like that. That to me is what I see as the biggest hardware slash software innovation coming down the pipeline if it makes sense to ship it. So good question. Uh, UK says, do you think we'll see Stadia on Xbox or Xbox games on Stadia? I don't think we'll see Xbox games on Stadia, uh, at least not for a long time. Only reason I say that is because Microsoft announced, or I think it was Aaron Greenberg or Phil Spencer in the past week or two, talked about how exclusives are staying on Xbox only. When we, when we looked at things, some of the games that made their way over to the Switch, those were previous business agreements that just kind of were riding out. And so, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Now, could we see Stadia on an Xbox? Technically, I think it's possible because if it truly just runs in a browser, why can't you just connect this thing up, open up Edge on the Xbox and play Stadia? Technically, it, it is possible. So um, I don't want to say we're not going to see it, but I don't think it's going to be like a major push. Also, I would struggle to understand why you would want to play Stadia on an Xbox rather than just go play the game locally uh, on, an X, on an Xbox. Uh, True Star says, couple questions for you. Do you think Gay Years 5 will be game of the year? I, I am not the person to answer that question. Um, do I think it'll be a good, fun game? I've enjoyed it. Uh, a lot of people get really tied up in, in critical reviews. Uh, the only thing you, for me, when I look at a game review, there, there's a couple things, right? I know what type of games I like. I like first-person shooters. I like Battle Royale. I like the Call of Duties of the world. I like golf games. I like uh, football games. Um, I'm not necessarily a side-scrolling person. I'm not exactly a um, Final Fantasy player, but I know what type of games I like. So when I look at reviews of games online, I look for a couple things. One, are, are reviewers trashing the game because it's incredibly buggy Fallout? Um, 
that is a big turnoff because I already know that walking into Gears, I like shooting monsters. That is a personal hobby of mine. I like that. I don't really care what reviewer XYZ says about shooting monsters. What I care about is, does the game work? Does it function? Does it operate in a way? And does it have long enough game replay time that it is worth the investment? That is what I personally look for in a review. And so is it game of the year to me? I don't know. Honestly, in this, my make some people angry. I don't, my personal game of the year is Apex Legends. I love that game. I, I enjoy playing it with friends. Uh, we'll see where if my friends shift over to Gears of War 5, but it's a fun game. If you enjoy chainsawing monsters in half, you will like Gears 5. So it is rumored Microsoft might acquire Bioware. Any insider info leaks regarding this? So let me, I'm going to give my boilerplate uh, response to this. I've heard that Microsoft ha is interested in a couple different studios, that, but the boilerplate here is Microsoft is always interested in game studios. They always are. And so I know for a fact that Microsoft considered buying EA. They've considered buying Discord. Um, they've considered buying just about everything else. Whether or not that actually gets down to where they're writing a contract to acquire the company is a whole different thing. And it's speculating on acquisitions are really tough unless they're being announced like in the next day or two because negotiations between companies break down for a million different reasons. One, it could break down to simply the easiest, money, right? They, they're not getting the amount that they think that they deserve. Two, it can break down that they don't like the terms um, outside of money, meaning like how long do the founders have to stay on? Uh, how long until stock options kick in? When does things vest? When, uh, what, what kind of benefits are rolling in? What's the work schedule we like? What games do they, there's a million reasons why this stuff falls apart and it's much harder um, to understand when it's way out there, if it's actually going to be, is it more than just two guys sitting down for copying? You're like, Hey, it'd be pretty cool if Bioware joined Microsoft. Yeah, it would be pretty cool. It'd be pretty cool if somebody just PayPal'd me $5 million. Like, you know, that's just kind of how that stuff works. And do you think Microsoft should make an Android phone? Uh, no, I, I don't. Um, part of me at one point thought maybe they would or should just as a kind of hero device, because they do have, they have an Android launcher, they have some really good apps and all that good stuff. But should they build one? And after seeing their partnership with Samsung in the Note 10, I don't think they should because I don't see Microsoft building a phone that is better than Samsung Galaxy Note 10 um, to showcase their own. I, I don't see Microsoft building a better device than that. Uh, JNBCK with a very technical question. Uh, is there much for breaking changes as .NET Core and Framework converge into .NET 5? What will left behind and will Framework be open source in totality? Uh, is Mono going to be the primary compiler, compiler with new versions of Visual Studio? I will be the first to admit, this one's a little bit above my head. Um, I, I'm fully familiar with Visual Studio, .NET and .NET Core and the open sourcing of stuff. I don't quite know what I can't answer this way in a way that I feel comfortable because I don't want to mislead people and say, yeah, oh yeah, Mono, Mono is going to be the primary compiler. Um, maybe, I, maybe, but I don't, I don't personally know. Uh, Sydney2k says, uh, the Tokyo Game Show will be on at this time next week. We know that Phil Spencer is the far east side of the planet and it's a good assumption he'll be at the Tokyo Game Show. Have you heard anything about an Xbox presence at the show? We know that Xbox doesn't have a Big, biggest footprint in Japan, he's absolutely right. And going all out at E3, would, would they be, uh, and after going all out at E3, would they be throwing good money after bad? Phil Spencer has constantly touted the importance of the Japanese game industry and an announcement at the scale would be amazing. Uh, I, I agree that one, Phil has talked 
heavily about the Japanese market and their struggles to break into that market. And Microsoft has done some stuff to get some games over from that demographic. It would not surprise me at all to see Mr. Phil Spencer over there at the Japanese uh, or the Tokyo Game Show. It really would not because he knows the importance of FaceTime. And I'm not talking the iOS thing. I'm talking about actually being there, showing up and talking about games. And Phil gets that. And so... I personally think he will show up. I haven't heard anything explicitly. And if he, he may not show, he doesn't necessarily have to show up publicly on stage. He needs to get those. Remember, to make a big splash at the Tokyo Game Show isn't just walking up there and saying, uh, hey guys, we have Gears of War 5. We have Halo. We have Forza. Like that isn't, that's not the demographic. The, what Phil has to do, and hopefully he's been doing, is the behind the scenes stuff. We're talking with the game industry people to get them to build Japanese style games for the Xbox console. That is how you win the Tokyo Game Show. So even if he's not there publicly, I would bet that he's there at least in some capacity privately. Uh, S.H. Cole, thank you for putting that uh, enunciation in the comment. Seems Windows 10 is going under, under, it seems Windows 10 is undergoing a huge visual redesign and the new app icons leaking uh, big changes happening in UWP controls. There's new icons. Uh, do you think Microsoft will have a big announcement about these changes or just let them happen quietly? Well, okay, so what he's talking about here is this past week, a bunch of new icons for Windows, for, for mail, for games, uh, for search, for, for basically just about all the core components of Windows 10 have, have leaked, and they're dramatically different than the Fluent. Now, it is my understanding that those icons are for light OS, or at least part of light OS. And so there's going to be potentially, it'd be really dumb if they did this, but it potentially two different design languages here. We could have Fluent, which is about half-baked, half-implemented in Windows 10, and then the light OS. It would make sense, I think, that if light OS looked pretty differently than traditional Windows 10. Microsoft is trying to separate these two and differentiate them in many different ways because they don't want people to look at it and be like, oh, this is just Windows again. Um, they really want the visual design language to look different. So it would be my understanding that they are actually going to keep potentially do two separate ones, at least right now. That obviously and very clearly could change, which is interesting because Microsoft struggled to implement Fluent across its entire Windows suite. And now here they are with another design language for Light, um, which they're going to try to implement across all that. So, yeah, um, I'm just kind of going beating around the bush here. But are they going to do it or just let it happen quietly? I don't think they're going to let this happen quietly. This, uh, visual overhauls are pretty big deals, and they have to be explained and talked about, and it's a good talking point on stage. I don't think they'll do it quietly. I think that when they announce LightOS, they will talk about this visual design language and go from there. Uh, just Me says, recently, your phone app would not allow you to connect to Windows Connect your Windows machine to your phone. This was allegedly due to a back-end issue in the cloud. My understanding is that your phone connects your PC via Bluetooth and a wire. Uh, why would any back-end software be needed to allow to connect your PC? I can understand if some features quit working, i.e. syncing data, not simply connecting the phone. This is a really good question about how Microsoft's your phone uh, back-end infrastructure went down and then your phone stopped working. So there's two ways I believe that it works, Bluetooth and Wi-Fi Direct. But I believe there has to be a synchronous pushing of data from your device up to the cloud and then back down to your PC. I don't necessarily think it's always directly related because of some things like email sync, um, SMS has some issues too. So there's definitely has to be back-end infrastructure to make your phone work. Like screen mirroring obviously doesn't need to go up to the cloud and back down, but some of the data transits have to um, just because of the way it, it's set up. And Bluetooth is 
pretty slow uh, for a lot of things. So keep that in mind that Bluetooth isn't isn't the fastest protocol. It's designed for low energy, um, not for high bandwidth throughput. Bryson Harvey says, with coming innovation, xCloud, Windows Core, Lite, do you do you think what do you think will have the greatest impact on Microsoft? I like this question. So he's talking about we've got xCloud, Windows Core OS slash Windows Lite, and a bunch of other stuff. What do I think is personally going to have the biggest impact on Microsoft? I'm going to say this. Um, maybe not as a broad financial or a broad company shifting thing, but I think from a financial standpoint, I think xCloud has the biggest potential to show on a percentage basis growth. The reason I say that is if they get it right and if it works on your phones and everywhere else really well with low latency, it's going to open up Microsoft's games to a massively new demographic, a huge demographic. Also, it is a fundamental shift of, of selling traditional console hardware to making games available everywhere. It's going to have the potential to really bring Xbox from a, a niche or a niche gaming device to the general masses. Now, we already know that mobile gaming is massive. It is a massive industry. I believe it's actually larger than the console industry. And so by Microsoft bringing their games to that market could have massive ramifications uh, on the revenue side in a very positive manner if they get it right. So for, for me, personally, I think xCloud has the potential to be the biggest change in Microsoft's um, basic balance sheet. While Core OS and Lite uh, will be significant and hopefully very awesome, you got to remember that they already have a massive install base of Windows users. Realistically, what will happen, or what Microsoft hopes, is that they'll be converting Windows 10 users to Windows Lite users. Um, with xCloud, they're hoping to add net new users, which could be very, very big for Microsoft. It's a big opportunity, and nobody under, undercuts the value of mobile gaming experiences, and Microsoft understands that and is in position to make it happen, which we will under, start to understand how well it works starting in October. Starting in October, guys. So uh, that is it for this week, guys. As always, very much appreciate everybody tuning in. Hit hit those subscribe buttons. Whatever, do whatever, do whatever it is you do. Have a great weekend, and we'll catch all of you right back here next time.